Hi, everybody, and welcome back to yet another amazing session in the Alchemy Lab. Those of you that have been following me, Colm Holland, uh, you'll know that I'm the author of this book called The Secret of the Alchemist by this guy, Colm Holland, apparently that's me. And um, this podcast is called The Alchemy Lab because it's devoted to inviting guests who have been on their own personal journeys of personal transformation. In other words, their lives have moved from here to here, um, where they've been pursuing the course of, of finding their own true self, finding that real passion within um, and wanting to share that passion and change the world around you. And my guest today is absolutely no exception to that. And perhaps she's probably top of the league in, in some ways for, for what she has achieved so far. Um, I'm thrilled to welcome to the Alchemy Lab today the best-selling author and mother of four, um, the amazing Tracy Ferrin. Welcome, Tracy Ferrin. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. All the way from Houston, Texas. Um, I'm based in Glastonbury, England, which is a pretty holy place, but um, you're the author uh, of a book which was only released recently in March this year called Upstruggle, Embrace the Struggle, Become Stronger and Live Happier. And today we're going to be talking about some of the key life-transforming moments in your life, which you talk about in your book. Um, and quite frankly, the book has made you a real in-demand, inspiring speaker, which is fabulous. And, and you're also continuing to write, presumably. Um, Tracy, in the, in, on your website, actually, you said that you're passionate about sharing your journey with others uh, through social media, through writing articles and, and your website and so on. Um, you love connecting with people and, and you believe that one of the best ways to do this is through authenticity. This is a, a key principle in life. Do you want to just tell us a bit more about what you're doing, your story and how authenticity plays a key part in that? Yeah, so you want me to just tell you what I'm doing, what I'm working on right now? I found, I heard like five questions in there. So. Okay, let's start with the first question. The first question is, why don't you give us some of your story? Because I think the backstory is essential for those who who not encountered you before. Um, and that is the, you know, the topic of your book and, and a lot of what you speak about. So, so where have you, where have you come from? What's your journey been? Oh, wow. So I always share my cancer story because in my book, my book, you know, being about struggles, I talk about everyone should know what their ultimate struggle was. And um, because for me, it was cancer. And it was the hardest thing I've gone through. It was the, probably the most life changing thing that I've gone through. And so my story is when I was 18, um, I was diagnosed with osteosarcoma, which is bone cancer. Uh, mm -hmm. Usually targets the young. It's a really aggressive cancer. But at such a young age, I was also married. I had a 10-month-old already, and I was pregnant. So if anyone has ever seen cancer up close, you know that cancer alone is really hard. Um, but then you throw being pregnant on top of it, and it really complicated it for my doctors. My doctors advised me to terminate my pregnancy, and I just knew in my heart that that just was not needed for this situation that I was in. And so I told my doctors, no. <laughs> I said, 
let me tell you what we're going to do, okay, at 18, right? I got this figured out. I'm like, I am going to have a healthy baby, and then in a, like three months, then we'll do chemo, okay? That's how this is going to go. And they're like, oh, yeah, so no, it's not going to work like that, because three months would have meant the difference of life and death for me. And I was like, okay, well, that changes things a little bit, but I'm still not going to terminate. There has to be another plan. There has to be another option. And my doctor said, okay, well, they had no research. And I was at the best hospital. I was at MD Anderson. I've got them in my backyard. Um, I have the top doctor in this cancer in the world over my case because it was so complicated. And um, he said, and this was back in 01. So this was a while ago. But he said, we have no research of a woman who is pregnant, undergoing chemotherapy, who delivers a healthy baby, like in their first or second trimester doing oh. chemo. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> well, let's be that case, right? So he said, but if you wait till your third trimester to start chemo, your baby will probably have a really good chance at surviving but we still cannot give you any guarantees as to what complications she could have. And this mindset or the thinking behind that was, you know, by the third trimester, the baby's pretty much already developed. They're just really getting bigger. And so I said, okay, like that, that, that sounds right. We'll have to move forward with that. Thankfully, that was only a three week waiting period and not a three month waiting okay. period. So I waited three more weeks to start chemo. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was scheduled to be admitted into MD Anderson on 9-11-01. And that was such a huge day for our country. Our country was under attack. Mm -hmm. We were preparing to go to war. And there I was under attack in my own way, fixing to fight the biggest battle of my life. And due to those horrific, horrific events, um, MD Anderson said, whoa, like you can't come in. Don't come in today. But because of my case, they did, I did end up going the very next day on the 12th. So start chemo as, you know, pregnant. And after my first round of chemo, my husband leaves. Um, it was hard. I might be here smiling through it now because I've moved on and I've healed and I've done some work. But that doesn't negate the pain that I went through from him leaving. But I had to move on, right? I have, a, I have cancer. I've got to move forward. So continue chemo. Um, did a couple more rounds of chemo with her. And they wanted to induce me as early as possible without any major complications from being a preemie. So they took her six weeks early. And there I was as bald as Mr. Clean, which you don't understand because you still have a beautiful head full of hair. <laughs> I was there just so bald and so, you know, skinny and thick. And we did not know what my daughter would look like. We had, we, nobody knew what I was going to deliver, but I delivered a three pound, 10 ounce screaming baby girl with a head full of dark brown hair. <laughs> we were all just so shocked. Okay. Her lungs are working. She might be tiny, but she's screaming. She's got hair. Um, and so with her, it was, she was healthy. She was just tiny. And so she had to stay in the hospital a few weeks just to put some weight on, but she was perfect. Um, and in the room, we all kind of just started looking around at each other and we're like, okay, good sign. Like she's fine, you know? So had her, they gave me one week off. They're like, okay, you can have one week off. And they hit me with chemo again. And then after that next round of chemo, I had a, um, a leg surgery, which is called limb salvage surgery. So with this kind of cancer, a lot of people lose their limbs 
um, it's very common for someone to get an amputation. So mine was limb salvage surgery. They're trying to save my leg. Thankfully, they were after 13 hours of surgery able to save my leg. Um, and then again, though, right, my cancer's aggressive. I had a little bit of time off and they hit me again with chemo. Now the chemo I was doing, that was some tough stuff and I was young. Um, and so I started running into complication after complication after complication. My numbers weren't coming back up so that they could hit me again. You know, I was needing more time to recover. I had mouth sores so painful in my mouth and down my throat that I would rather not eat and drink because that was less painful than the mouth sores, which then led to extreme weight loss and dehydration and landing back at MD Anderson. Um, the scariest moment I think for me during that whole time was I woke up one morning and my motor skills were completely gone. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, is this gonna be the new Tracy? Is my, are my parents going to have to raise my children? Are they going to have to take care of me the rest of my life? Because obviously with no motor skills, <laughs> I was going to have to be taken care of. Um, thankfully, we go back to MD Anderson's ER, see a neurologist, um, and they just needed to really double me up on some medication to just start helping to clear the chemo. Uh, pretty much was overdose on chemo is what right. happened. And so I think some people don't realize is, yeah, chemo is killing the cancer, but chemo is poison. First and foremost, it is poison and it's also killing somebody's body, right? And I could just feel it and I knew it in my heart and I knew it in my, in my I could just feel it in my body that if I continued on with the chemo and with his treatment plan, I was going to die. I had no doubt about it. I had, I think, two to three rounds left of chemo that was scheduled for me. And there I was having to make another tough decision. Do I continue on and like really think I'm going to like, I'm going to die. It's going to kill me. Or do I end and quit a little early and take the risk of the cancer coming back in my heart? I'm like, I have to stop. And so I went to my doctor and I'm like, I'm done. I can no longer do any more chemo. It is killing me. And he said, okay, you're not completely crazy. I have treated you a lot longer than others. And of course, being my doctor, he saw everything I was going through. And so I quit chemo early. And I tell people, I'm not an advocate for going against your doctor's plan and what they say, but I'm a huge advocate for listening to your heart. And I've done that um, in, in that whole situation because for me, my heart knows better than the doctors. Doctors are great and they are there to save lives and they do amazing things, but they don't know everything. Um, and so I, I pushed that you guys listen to your heart and that's what I did. And, um, after, you know, so I quit and I, a year after chemo, because look, I am the girl that I will not watch a movie unless I know it has a happy ending. I have to have a happy ending. And if my husband says, let's watch this and there's no happy ending, I throw a fit like a two-year-old. I'm like, where's my happy ending? <laughs> so I promise there's a happy ending a year after, um, I was done with chemo. I met a man. And he proposed to me, we started dating right away. He proposed to me within four weeks. I said, yes. And then so much fear started setting in. And I'm like, what are you doing? You make bad choices. Who does this? It's not going to work. Um, and I realized that was fear, not my heart speaking. I said, nope, going to do it. Um, tried breaking it off. But then I was like, hey, can I have my ring back? Got my ring back. And within a couple of months, we were married. We are going on 17 years. He adopted both my girls. We have added 
two more boys to the family. So we've got four and we are in love. Like we actually like each other. We love each other. So there, there is a happy ending after that. That's incredible. Wow. Um, what a story. And the, the, I think the thing that, that comes out of this, the message that you seem, and I'm sure this, this is right throughout your book as well, when you're talking to people, this listening to your heart, this um, being in tune with your intuition, where, where do you think that principle came from within your psyche? What, what led you to, to be that um, determined to live your life on, based on that principle? Well, I have to admit, when I was younger, and especially going through cancer, I don't think I did it very much. But I, it really just really came through in that situation. And, you know, people are, you know, they, I'm stubborn, and I'm all these things. And I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm strong willed. And people are like, where does that come from? I said, well, I think to some degree, we're all born with a, a soul within us. Mm-hmm. And everyone's always told me from a little girl that I've always just kind of had that fire and been, you know, my way and this is what we're doing and I don't quit. But I kind of lost that along the way as a teen making poor choices. But when I was sick, I really think there was just um, at that point, it was so loud, I couldn't ignore it. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of my, this is just how it has to be. We're going to have to figure it out. You know, um, just, it just kind of kicked in. But then again, after that, I kind of lost my way. And as a mom, I admit, I lost who I was as a mom. I didn't know who I was as Tracy. I was Ryan's wife and I was Ellie, you know, Ellie's mom. But I didn't know who I was anymore as, as a woman. And so just working on myself, and um, we talked about this a little bit, pushing out maybe some things that were taught to us growing up or within in religion and stuff, I really had to put more trust into myself. And that what my heart said was right. And the more I listened, the more I trusted it. Um, and so that just grows, you know. And so I'm still on that journey. I'm still trying my best to listen to it. And the more I do it, the more I trust it, and the more I listen. <laughs> well, a wise, a wise man once said that, you know, when I went looking for myself, um, when I went looking for God, it, you know, I, I found myself. Um, and when I went looking for myself, I found God. And in a way, what you discovered was that there was a power that sits within the heart. And you know, I write about this a lot in, in my book, The Secret of the Alchemist, and, and Paolo Kahlo in his book, uh, which I talk about a lot, The, the Alchemist. Um, there is a school of alchemy which says that this is the path, the, the path of listening to the heart, of um, being obedient to your own intuition, uh, respecting your own intuition is, is part of the alchemy. So I before we came on air, um, one of the things that, that, that I mentioned to you um, is that Paolo Kahlo talks about that there's three kinds of alchemists in the world. There are those who are just alchemists, born alchemists, and don't even label themselves, don't even identify themselves as alchemists, but just manufacture you know, magic, manifest magic, manifest miracles within themselves and within life. And then there are those who spend a lifetime trying to study the, the, the finite detail of alchemy and still can't manifest anything. And then there are those of which the group I'm, I fall into, which is you know, we work really hard and we struggled really hard. And in the end, we finally come to some place where we, we believe we can you know, manifest magic and miracles. You, I, I'm... I'm going to give you the honorary title of being just a natural born 
alchemist and this oh, is thank you well you are so <laughs> that story that you just told is phenomenal i mean that is it must be incredibly inspiring so you speak to all kinds of groups am i right you you so when when you get invited to speak what 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 are you, what are your main messages to your audience what who who are you talking to and what is it what is the message you're trying to convey the the main message is really you know i share my story one because i want to show people right and i want to humanize myself and, and mm -hmm. stories connect heart mm -hmm. to heart mm -hmm. um and and i want to show them that but i share my struggle formula and all of that because um i realize everyone's going to struggle <laughs> everybody i do not care who you are or what you know accolades hang on the wall or what your credit score you know credit card score is or anything like, like everybody <laughs> everybody will 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 struggle and mm. i really thought as you know because like i said i made um i made some poor decisions when i was younger i admit that i own up to that but i'm like okay and i, so I struggled a lot right but as i got older i'm like okay i'm making better decisions i'm a better person but my struggles did not go away. Yeah, different struggles, I'll admit, like different kinds of struggles, but they didn't just go away like I thought they would. And I was like, what is this? And I realized everybody, everybody will have them the rest of their life. And I know maybe struggles is not, um, when I say struggles, obstacles, setback, like I, that's just the word I use. Um, it may not be a sexy topic for a lot of people, but it was intriguing to me because of everything I had already gone through. And so I just did some research and reflection of my own and, and, you know, kind of came up with this formula and I use it myself and I'm not perfect at it because I'm human. I'm not a robot, um, but I have the knowledge. And so that's what I'm sharing. You know, I've, I've talked with um, Christian based, uh, I've just women. Um, I did, a, I've done all men before. The first time I ever did it was all men and I sat there and cried and I could tell they were so uncomfortable. Um, I just did all men a few weeks ago and it was a little different. I could tell they were a little bit more open to it and not so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, so really it's all group. Um, I think just because of what the topic is, uh, is struggle. And so anyone who's willing to have me, I'm like, you're human. All right, let's have the talk, right? You're not a robot, you're human, you're going to have these. And so I share that. Okay. So we are in a um, mythical alchemy lab. Let's not forget that we're in um, in my alchemy lab. Here's my alchemy image on the, on the wall here. And I'm doing a bit of concocting at the moment. Hold on, I just need to get my um, magic stirrer here somewhere. I don't know where it's from. Oh, here it is. Okay. Um, one of the things that we're going to try and concoct today, um, hold on, I just... That you can hear, I've got this potion going on. Over here. Um, so here it is. Um, it's pretty clear at the moment. Um, what I'm hoping is that this potion that I'm creating is going to increase my personal um, authenticity, for want of a better word. So I want to become more authentic. And I, is that one of the things that you teach as part of your? when you are talking to people, is that an ingredient that's needed in order to be able to overcome the struggles in life? Do we, do we need an authenticity reality check with, with ourselves? Is, is that something that you talk about? So I don't actually speak on that, but, I, it, but being authentic is very, very important to me. Okay. Um, I think that if we want to connect with other people and touch, reach heart to heart, 
you have to be authentic because I'm a huge believer and I was there and I find myself from time to time, a lot of people focus or they speak and they react and they live from their head. And that gets me in trouble when I'm always in my head and it doesn't do me anything, anything good. And so I've learned to kind of stay out of my head and move more towards my heart. And when I function more from the heart, I'm able to be more authentic and I'm able to connect with more people, which means I'm able to help more people. So being authentic is huge. So huge for what we do. Why then, in your experience, in your life, what, what stops us from being authentic? Why do we almost fear authenticity? Is it, are we ashamed of who we are, do you think? Is it pride is hiding behind our pride is you know i'm i actually despise who i am in some way i I don't really want you to know who i really am because i'm actually don't accept am i on the right track i think you've nailed it i think there's so many different reasons i think there's shame i think there's they're, they're not confident enough to put themselves out there so i just did a live on tiktok and i was like and i gave them you know i'm all about adding value and i'm like if you're looking to grow your platform you know, say amen. And they're like, amen, amen, amen. I'm like, (laughs) okay, if you cannot do number one, you will not grow your platform. I'm like, are you guys ready for this? He's like, yeah. Learn to get over your damn self, right? (laughs) You got to get out of the head, get out of the head. And if we can't learn to get over ourselves, what are people going to think about me? What are people going to say about me? That is a me, 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 me. And when we go from me, me, me and get out of our head, it's how can I serve them? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to help them. I'm so happy to be here. Like kind of was speaking, you know, a lot of people ask me, why are you not nervous? And I said, because I don't make it about me when I speak. People are nervous when you make it about you and what they're going to think about you. I don't make it about me. I make it about them. And so I don't, I'm not nervous. I'm excited. I'm excited that I get to serve them and love them and hopefully touch some hearts, you know? And so I think that's just huge. It is so huge. So many people are afraid to be in front of a camera, but you know, the way that the world is moving, a lot of stuff is social media. It's virtual, right? It's podcasts. It's virtual events. It's Zoom calls. And so it's like, if you're really, it's on your heart to help people, unless we can get over ourselves, we're not going to be authentic and we are not going to help people. So that is a big one. We have to learn that one. (laughs) So this takes me back to the the core theme of the Alchemy Lab, which is transformation. So one of the things I teach in my book is that personal transformation isn't about becoming anybody other than who we truly are. So a lot of people think, oh, I've got to transform from being who I am to being like somebody else. And a lot of religions play on that, of course. They, they hold up this figure, whoever it might be in that particular religion, you know, they're perfect, you know, they're without blemish, you know, they can't do anything wrong. And I look at my life and I go, well, you know, where, where, where do I begin? I'm, there's no way I'm going to, to reach that, you know. And, and is that what it means to be mystical or holy or authentic is is that what i'm aiming for so what i teach is that actually um, the transformation that we need to go through is this embracing this unfolding of of love around ourselves and i often say that that the the most selfless thing that you can do 
and, and if you really want to help other people is you have to start to love yourself. Yep. If you love yourself, you then have a treasure. You then have a wealth from which you can become generous from. You can now give from, from that. And I, and I sense that and what I've read on your website and, and your, in your talks and your book and so on, that's exactly what, what, what you're well, talking about. To go with that, you know, being a Christian and stuff, one of the biggest things they teach is to love your neighbor as thyself. I think people get caught up in, I need to love them, I need to serve them to the point where it hurts themselves. I was there, I did it, right? Mm -hmm. I yep. learned to say no. I am not a yes girl. I have no problem saying no if it's too much, you know? And, and so when I, I've read that so many times and I was taught for over 30 years that, but it wasn't until about five years ago that it clicked, love thy neighbor as thyself. I've got to learn to love myself first so that I can love others the way that God intended me to love them. That was just a huge game changer for me. I, I agree. There's, you know, I know there's a lot of out in the world, oh, love thyself, that's so selfish, and it's this, like, get over here. And it's like, no, if I want to show up as my best self and serve more people, I got to fill my own cup. I got to love myself so I can show others, so I can show my girls what it's like to love yourself. You know, there's so many different things to it, but yeah. So one of the hardest things I believe that we have to learn in life is that we are, we are loved unconditionally, that the judgments and the criticism that we lay upon ourselves, um, are self-imposed and they come from all kinds of different sources in our upbringing, mm -hmm. in our belief systems and what we've been taught about ourselves through parents, teachers, friends, peer group, you know, whatever, our society. Um, the universe, however, has a different view <laughs> on, on that. Um, so I believe that the universe is held together and the force, if you like, if you take a Star Wars analogy, the force that holds us together and, and actually makes us unique as human beings is actually unconditional love and unconditional in the sense that there is no judgment on us. There is no wrong. There isn't any deep seated evil that needs to be outrooted in, in some way. And, and that that is just a smokescreen for not believing that we are, we are truly loved. And if you, if you dig deep, into any religious belief of, of any world religion, you will find at the very heart of all of them that have got any real value is that same belief that we are all loved mm -hmm. by the universe unconditionally for who we are. And then when we accept that, like you have, which is, which is wonderful, is that you then have this ability to love unconditionally in, in the way that you're going for. Okay, change of subject slightly, if I may, <laughs> before we run out of time. Um, you're, what are you working on at the moment? I'm, I'm really interested in, you've got any creative projects boiling away in your alchemy lab over there in Houston? Oh yeah, so um, I know I'm over on TikTok and I promise you it is not just a bunch of young people shaking their booties and singing. Um, the older people, the older generations are actually taking over, I promise. So I'm over there and that's my biggest platform. And right now um, I'm over there just spreading kindness and love and helping others. So I'm, I'm kind of working on that. And I'm also working 
on a clothing uh, merch line that through my TikTok, somebody reached out to me who has a business and they want to do that. So I'm working on that. <laughs> um, and then I'm just continuing to do podcasts. Um, I would love to eventually get out and speak face to face. I have not done that since I think February. Um, sure. I, it's all virtual. Um, but yeah, I'm still just everything. I'm just continuing to do everything and write for the website. I just did another article for Love What Matters website. Uh, I'm just keep doing what I'm doing. And as stuff pops up, I, um, you know, a lot of brands have been wanting to work with me, but I'm, I'm turning them all down because it's not on my heart yeah. to work with a brand. Do you know what I mean? And so it's, I'm trying to just let my heart guide me. And as things come, I'm jumping on or saying no. And so I'm excited. I don't know what the future holds and what's all out there, but I'm just doing stuff as it comes. So you had a TikTok series of, of TikTok videos which went viral am i right here you've got yeah you're the viral uh -huh. girl yeah okay do you want to tell us about the the viral sensation that happened yeah so what we're doing over there is i saw this guy at wendy's i don't know if you guys have a wendy's at fast food um and he was so joyful i mean and let's be honest a lot of fast food places when you go they're not like all happy you know chick-fil-a does great but chick-fil-a does not even have what wendy's has <laughs> and i was taken back by how happy and joyful but it was so authentic it wasn't like he was faking it i could i mean this guy is really he loves his job he's happy and when we got to the window the same attitude and i did something so out of character for me because i don't go around just recording strangers i think it's weird but my heart said, Tracy, you need to record him. I ignored it. Tracy, record him. I get out my phone and re I record him. And it was a 27 second video <clears throat> that I uploaded to Facebook. It did well. That was back in April. But then just a couple weeks ago, I uploaded it to TikTok and it went viral. And there's something over there called the Venmo challenge where you raise money and you give it to somebody or you raise money and you tip servers a thousand dollars or whatever. They said, do it for him. I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking we're going to raise $1,000. I'm like, yes, if we could give this man $1,000, I will feel good about that. Well, it took off and we ended up raising $41,000 for this guy <laughs> in one week. And so Whoa. I did a series. I just did a series of all the updates. We went live. I had the videos of, of, of giving him the check, the, the big fake check. Um, and then I was like, where do I go from here? Like, I don't know. Is this something I'm going to keep doing? I, I mean, I don't know. And it's just amazing how things unfold. I see another video of a guy who doesn't have insurance because he's not working because he has a heart problem. I get that. I get health issues. And it tugged on my heart. You need to help them. I don't, I'm like, okay. So immediately I reached out. I'm like, hey, hey, hey. They knew about me. They'd seen what I was doing. I'm like, I want to help you. I jump on board. And within one week, we raised. $87,000 wow. and he just got released from the hospital. He had his heart surgery. Oh, wow. That he could not afford. Oh my. So I'm over, I'm over there. <clears throat> you know, I'll be honest. I can't always run these, these big ones like that, but I'm over there now doing smaller ones. Uh, we just, a little girl has cancer. I'm friends with her dad on TikTok and she's um, small and she has leukemia. And I said, Hey, I want to do something special for her. Can you make an Amazon wish list? And I'm going to post it and we're going to buy her gift just to brighten her day, just to show her love. Within two hours, the wish list was gone. Everybody had purchased stuff <laughs> for that little girl. So I'm just over on TikTok. You know, I think TikTok gets a really bad name. 
And I'm like, hey, no, there's so much good over there. So that's where I'm always at. And I'm always working on stuff like that over there. Wow. Okay. So you're the TikTok girl, as far as I'm concerned. You're, um, <laughs> you've turned something that was potentially in everybody's minds, you know, dangerous almost, and you've um, turned it into a force for good, which is fabulous. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, um, you deserve, you deserve every success with that. Um, I want to just get your view and then we, we'll, we're sort of, um, we're going to be out of time in a minute. Um, I talk a lot about my book about miracles. I talk a bit about magic and a lot of people go, Ooh, that's a bit, you know, out there, you know, is that a bit woo woo? Is it something that, you know, should be avoided at all costs? What about, what about you? You're, in your life, can you put your hand on your heart and say, well, actually this miracle took place and that, that was a magical moment. And these are things that have helped guide you on the path that you've chosen and where you are now. Absolutely. You know, again, we all, you know, like I say, my heart, what's on your heart, it could be the spirit, it could be your gut, it could be your intuition. As I personally think it's all the same. We just call it different things, whether it's a miracle, whether it's magic. But absolutely, I think <clears throat> there are miracles. I feel like my cancer story, there was a lot of miracles, things that people couldn't explain, things that were not in the books, things that doctors were like, what? Um, absolutely. I think it just takes stepping back for a minute. And I'm a big believer that what we focus on grows. And if we just look for them, I think they're in our everyday life, whether they're big or whether they're small. I think, I think they're there every day. We just have to be aware and look for them. So it's actually miracles are in the eye of the beholder in a sense that, you know, we, when, when our eyes are open, we can see them. Um, we're not going to take these events for granted. We actually are going to value them and make them sacred in a way. These are yeah. sacred moments in, in our life, which is, which is wonderful. Um, we're almost out of time now. Um, have you got a, a passage from your book or some inspirational thought or anything? Because you've given us a, a lot of reasons to feel inspired today. You're amazing. You are just an amazing Aww. person. Um, and um, so if you've got anything in, from your book or, or anything else you'd like to share with us. Yeah, well, there's so much in my book, but the thing that popped in my mind is just a quote. I, so before each chapter, I have a, a cute quote, and this is the one I wanted to share. Is struggles are meant to change you, but how will always be up to you. I think there's two types of people. We go through struggles and we play victim. Woe is me. Why me? Or we're like, okay, yeah, like we're human. It sucks. Honor that. Acknowledge it. But. I will become better because of this. I will grow because of this. I can help others, you know? And I, that's just where I'm at in life is we're going to have struggles regardless, you know? So why not use them instead of being used by them? I'm going to use my struggles to be a better person. And uh, so that was just one of my favorite quotes that I have in there um, that I wanted to share. Some people talk the talk. Some people walk the talk and some people walk the walk. You do all, all of those things, Tracy. Um, oh, thank you. You're a, a walking um, example to all of us of, of how by pursuing your own authenticity, by being honest and being true to yourself, um, you, you can offer so much more to other people in, in, in your world. You are 
an honorary natural alchemist who is constantly changing her world. Congratulations on being that. Thank so you. Let's just have a quick check for everybody. If you're interested in Tracy's book, it's called again, Up Struggle, uh, Embrace the Struggle, Become Stronger, Live Happier. And it's Tracy Ferrin. Uh, you can find it in Amazon, Barnes and Noble online, all, all good online bookshops. It's, it's uh, available there. And how do they find you on TikTok now that that's your primary channel? How do I get to see you there? Yeah, so it's just Tracy D. Farron. Um, I can send you all the links, but really it's TikTok and Instagram that I spend most of my time on. Um, yeah, they can go just type in the name, Tracy D. Farron. Okay. Well, that's wonderful. Um, this has been um, too short, um, but I think we've packed it with lots of real quality stuff, which I think a lot of people are not just going to watch this podcast once, Tracy. They're going to want to keep replaying it, which is which is wonderful because you have got so many wonderful, positive things to share with us. And I'm I'm very on behalf of everybody listening or watching. Thank you so much. Um, for your contribution to the Alchemy Lab today. And thank you so much for being you. And um, I wish you every blessing. And thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, please check in again for the next episode of, of the Alchemy Lab. I'm Colin Holland, and thanks so much for joining us.